Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Coming up on NBA Today, we have a series. Miami ties it at one apiece after a thrilling finish last night's game. So who has the momentum heading back to South Beach? And Michael Malone. He was not too happy about his team's efforts in game two. Danny Green, he breaks down where it went wrong for Denver. Plus, the one, the only, Uh-oh. Hall of Famer Bill Walton. He joins the show. We talk <laughs> NBA Finals, comparisons to Jokic. And I hear there's a must-hear story between Bill and Richard. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Malika Andrews, Richard Jefferson, Ramona Shelburne. Danny Green is in the building. Kendrick Perkins is going to be with us shortly. And the Heat, I mean, every step of the way, my friends, they have proved doubters wrong. And they reminded us again, so let's get to the highlight and not waste any more time. Because I love that in Denver, they say, and now, welcoming in our opponents from a whopping six feet above sea level. (laughs) The Miami Heat. But guess what? Jimmy Butler, he don't care. No, Jimmy Butler is special. Again, there's been so many conversations like, oh, well, the Heat aren't going to shoot like that. Well, you know what? They did shoot like that. But look at Jamal Murray. This was the moment right here that I thought, "Uh uh-oh. We we could could be in a little (laughs) bit of trouble now for for the Miami Heat. But that's what's been so special of it. It doesn't matter if they're down 10, right here, down 6, going in. You get a lob dunk. That pass is incredible. That pass is incredible. Oh, come on. on. That's going to be like all-time career highlight. I'm mad at AG (laughs) for not reversing it and finishing. No, the finish was tough, too. The finish was very tough. And then in the fourth quarter here, Miami, they got out to a great start. They fell behind. And then once again, Duncan Robinson. It was the Duncan Robinson. Say his name. Duncan Robinson, ladies and gentlemen. Again, watch this. Again, when you look look at the score. Miami just chips away, chips away, chips away. Big shot. Jeff Green, I love you. Saw you at dinner last night. Get to his body. Make him a driver. These guys were not as locked in as they should have been. And and look, every single time watching this and just they keep creeping up on you. I love that look. That's the look that I give you when you're late to the show. (laughs) Bam out of bio. Watch out below. Yes, again right here. Jokic almost got that steal. But the minute you go for that steal, if you don't get it and you don't keep your feet moving, there is no help behind you. 29 to 10 run, final minute and Look at that pass. God. As soon as Jamal Murray got that, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is the shot you want. And then Nikola Jokic, he just finds if there is a will, there is a way. Well, and this is the thing. We talked about the Miami Heat. This is the best player that they've played against in the postseason by far. By, by a, a, a big number. This is how dominant they've been. This is the man who we want to have the ball with the final seconds running down. Jamal Murray, we've seen him make the shot time and time again. It's a yeah, I have win. no problem with not calling a timeout right there. I have no problem with trying to get a three. I have no issue with that. Jamal Murray, let's take one more look at this. Jimmy, Guarded by Jimmy Butler. Three, 
two. How many times has he practiced this as a kid in his driveway? How many times have we seen it just didn't fall? Miami gets the win, 111-108. But here's the deal. The Heat, they shot 69% in the fourth quarter. That's the best shooting percentage in a finals fourth quarter since 2014. 69%? Oh, Richard. This is <laughs> five point eight. actually. You rounded up. Three-point shooting. That's what I do. I round up. Let's take a listen to Jimmy Butler after the game. I just think nobody cares on our team. We're not we're not worried about what anybody thinks. Um, we're so focused in on what we do well and who we are as a group that at the end of the day, that's what we fall back on. Um, make or miss shots, we're going to be who we are because we're not worried about anybody else. That's how it's been all year long, and um, that's not going to change. So that's what I think it is. I think it's the I don't give a damn factor. Richard, you've been buying the, the heat for a little bit now. I mean, after you called the Celtics coming all the way back, <laughs> and that didn't happen. But what did you see from them that impressed you last night? No, it's just their, how resilient they are. That's what's so impressive. It doesn't matter if Max Struess has a terrible first game. He comes back and, and knocks down big shot after big shot. It doesn't matter if Jimmy Butler is not playing great in the first three quarters. He gets himself to the fourth quarter. It doesn't matter if Caleb Martin hasn't hit a damn shot all night. He hits a big three in that fourth quarter. That was a huge shot because now, again, just now they're like, okay, that's one more guy we got to worry about. So it was just to me, as a collective unit, their resiliency, being down double digits, being down seven, eight in the second half, and they just kept chipping away, chipping yep. away. They never looked stressed, and to me, that stresses me out. For sure, 100%. There are others who have stepped up time and time again. Mm. Uh, the game changer for me was Duncan Robinson. Mm. Um, the guy made plays in that fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, got him back in the game. And not just the fact that he was making shots, but he was making plays for other people uh, to score. So him curling to the basket, him attacking the basket, um, getting and one, you see a little flex right there, um, getting some threes. But with him curling to the basket, gives, gave Vincent open three in the corner, um, him getting an and one. Uh, Ten points in the fourth quarter is a big change, and, and that, that hurt Denver a lot. The pace of the game, him driving the basket allowed him to put his defender to sleep, knock down a three against Jeff Green. Um, you don't see that often because usually he only shoots threes, but the fact that he's getting to the rim, it, it gives him some space to shoot that three. Uh, a term that we've used, heard Eric Spolster use time and time again is ignitable, and I just imagine this match yep. going, and that's what Duncan Robinson was. He was ignitable. And the bonus for me, uh, Kathy, where's my single four, was with Duncan Robinson, he hit a little bit of he this. He's like, I'm, I'm coming in with the mean mug like I'm from the Bay Area. <laughs> but Ramona, you had a piece on ESPN.com. Yeah. It wasn't just the others last night. Jimmy Butler, after game yep. one, he was asked about, are you being a little bit passive? Are you deferring to mm -hmm. your teammates? What did he do differently in game two? Well, you know, he, he caused a stir the other day when he goes, oh, you know, I'm going to go to an escape room. I'm going to go do normal do things. On his Instagram, he's going to ice cream shops. You know what he did Saturday night before game two? Us. He went to the gym at the University of Colorado in Boulder and got up shots because he had, he had taken 48 hours and studied the film and he doesn't look right to me I still think I see him limping a little on that ankle but he looked and he said I need to make some floaters okay I need to get into the lane I need to draw some fouls they only had two free throws in that first game he had five himself and then he got into the lane had 14 shots within 18 feet of the basket mm. and that's all he practiced went to the university at 9 p.m. at night on Saturday before game two that's what Jimmy Butler was doing he was not at an escape room goofing around
And take a look at this. This is the plus minus by quarter for the Heat in game two. So they got off to a good start in the first quarter. And then the fourth quarter is where they have thrived really all postseason long. Let, let's get to the nugget side of things, though, because we've heard over the course of the season, really, Michael Malone, he has used his, his press availabilities. What you smiling for? Time. Why are you smiling? <laughs> <laughs> to call out his team. I want to get your thoughts behind that smile. But first, let's take a listen to Michael Malone after game two. Now, let's talk about effort. I mean, this is NBA Finals, and we're talking about effort. That's a huge concern of mine. You know, we had guys out there that were just, whether feeling sorry for themselves for not making shots or thinking they can just turn it on or off. This is not the preseason. This is not the regular season. It's not round. This is the NBA Finals. And that, to me, is really, really perplexing, disappointing. Yeah. I mean, it's the Finals, man. Like, our energy has to be better. We can't come out like we did, and, um, you know, we have to be better. So when I said Michael Malone, it's not the first time he's called out his team this season. <laughs> Danny, you made a little face. Yeah, I, I like the Michael Malone thing. I mean, I don't know how he want me to address him, but I, I usually call him Mikey or Mike Malone. But Michael Malone, he's right. You know, they need to be better. They need to have more sense of urgency. I think Jeff Green, who's one of the guys that spoke to the media, and I'm sure himself looking at the tape where there was times where they got outworked. You know, Kyle Lowry getting offense rebound and free throw possession. Um, you know, known personnel, keeping Duncan Robinson, running him off the line, even though he is finishing at the rim. But uh, small details and, and them just being, I'm going to say lack of days ago, but not having that sense of urgency until the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. When you're down 10 and you try to turn it on, it's, it's too late at that point. Yeah, I, no, look, I agree with Mike Malone, 100%. I agree with him. His team Mike. did not do – yes, I played for him, so okay. I can call him that. All right, so <laughs> this is my thing. I agree with him. It's always funny when we watch this. Coaches <laughs> use this as, as some, some of a motivation. He called out his guys, and he definitely called out his guys in the locker room. Yep. We had multiple players not speak to the media, and that, to me, is disappointing. You haven't lost a game in over a month. Yep. This is your first home loss. This is the damn NBA Finals, and you don't play up. You miss a shot. And now there's multiple players not speaking to the media. Like, to me, that is, again, we've talked about this. We talked about it with the Grizzlies. We talked about it. Like, look, you can't be the number one seed all year long, and now people want to ask you questions. And, again, they're going to get them on the second availability. They're going to do this. But don't duck the media. Sit up there, give one-word answers, because to me, I will stand by here. If you do not talk to the media, if you make this a thing, don't do it, because now everyone gets to do whatever they want. But let's get to the Nuggets. They did not do what they were supposed to. They did not come out with the intensity. They did not come out with the energy. And Mike Malone called them out. And they should be called out. Their whole approach to the game, their approach to the game was very, very poor. They have more talent, in my opinion, than the Miami Heat. So they were able to stay in the game. They were able to give themselves a win. But ultimately, they need to raise their level because this is the best team that they have played against. Michael Malone said afterward, Ramona, that I told our guys that yep. if the Jamal Murray shot went down, then we stole one. We got lucky because yeah. we had no business winning this game. I mean, the Miami Heat have been beating teams that other people have said are more talented than them every single round of this playoffs. Absolutely. So what do you expect when you get up in the fourth quarter that this team is doing when they're already down one? They are going to be resilient. They will make a run in the fourth quarter. And it just it, they, you didn't see that sense of urgency from the Nuggets. And I, I, I think Malone's right to call him out. I also think it's a way of taking away from the Heat's win there. Right, focus the attention back on your team and what you need to do. Because Richard, you're right. I do think that the the, the Nuggets are so good and they're so deep and talented. They should be winning this. They haven't lost at home all year, all, all playoffs, and now they finally lose one. And he that, he's right to get into them because the Miami Heat has been doing this every single round, 
every single round to all this. If they if they win this series, they will beat three of the top four MVP and, and, finishers and, and, in this league this does, year. Does anybody remember when Michael Malone was so upset about the narrative about what the Lakers needed to do? Yeah. And now Isn't that still going. It now yeah, it's still going. But now the narrative is more <laughs> of Mike Malone tore into his team, not the Miami yep. Heat beat their tail. The Miami Heat beat them in a way that they shouldn't have been beaten at home for the first time. So now the quote-unquote media narrative is going to be on Mike Malone and him calling out his team and what they need to do, not that the Miami Heat, and again, I know I didn't see the whole presser. I guarantee you he gave the Miami Heat all the credit. But that's the clip that everyone's going to talk about. We're going to get into what the Miami Heat did right, did right, not just what the Damn right. They did a lot right. Coming up here on NBA Today as we head back to South Beach with everything tied up at one. But Jokic, he may have dropped a smooth 41 last night. Did the Heat figure out something? Eric Spolstra, he has some thoughts that you're going to want (laughs) to hear. Ramona knows well. Plus, speaking of Miami, last night it was the perfect example of what Heat culture is. We dive into the origin of when this movement started in South And can you believe this? We're only 17 days away from the NBA draft, and Victor Wembanyama is still dominating his league in France. NBA Today is just getting started. Better be dominating that league. (laughs) Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom. Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. NBA Today is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and in part by Buffalo Wild Wings. Welcome back to NBA Today. So there's been this notion out there that the Heat figured out how to slow down Nikola Jokic in the Nuggets last night because despite Jokic scoring 41 points, Miami was able to limit him to only four assists and take a look. Denver has lost nine straight games where the big man has under five dimes. Now, Cody Zeller, he told Mike Pina of The Ringer, you kind of have to pick your poison when you deal with Jokic. In the Heat, they took measures to try to limit Jokic, the facilitator. As a team, the Nuggets had a playoff low six passes to players attacking the basket, and zero came from Jokic. It's the first time all season Jokic failed to record a pass to a player who is attacking the rim. But even though the two-time MVP wasn't exactly piling up assists, it doesn't mean that the Nuggets' offense was necessarily stifled. Because take a look at this. Denver had an offensive rating of 124. That is four points higher than they have averaged this postseason. The only problem is that Miami had a 129 offensive rating and then 180 in the fourth quarter, which is just insane. That's, of course, when they stormed back. They took control of the game. So let's take a listen to Heat coach Eric Spolstra afterward. 
Hey, Coach. Ramona Shelburne, ESPN. Uh, this is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when, when teams play against Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he controls the game. You, he only had four assists tonight. Yeah, that, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, it's just that's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. You know, twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say, oh, make him a score. <laughs> That's not how they play. They, they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. Uh, we have to focus on what we do. Um, you know, we try to do things the hard way, um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. How's your eye, Ramona? Yeah, I was just fixing it real fast. <laughs> eye. I mean, obviously, you know, we all know the two-time yeah. MVP, potent offensive yeah. player. But what stood out to you? Well, look, I mean, first of all, Eric Spolster and I are fine. <laughs> like, we talked after the game. He, he watched that clip back and texted me this morning saying, sorry, I don't know why I said that. It was fine. Like, in the heat of the moment after a game like that, when things are intense, people say things and nothing is personal, especially during this time of year during the finals. But I think what the question is, is asking is, Essentially, look, a guy is scoring 41 points, so obviously he is effective. But four assists for the Joker and how important he is to their offense and orchestrating everything for Denver, it, it doesn't happen very often. And they clearly had a game plan to single cover him. They stopped putting Cody Zeller on him because that obviously yeah. wasn't effective. And Denver needs him to orchestrate their offense, and that was a different wrinkle. Other teams have tried this against Denver in the past. The Golden State Warriors did that last year in the in the playoffs to great effect. And you can't stop him, and I think that the way he took the question was simply like, you're asking me about a guy who scored 41, 41 points, like he had a bad game. I don't want to give them any bulletin board material, but it was effective in this game. Let's bring Kendrick Perkins into the conversation. Perk, how do you think the game plan against Joker went? Well, I think it went well. I thought Told y'all how it was going to go. Friday. I, told, there you go. I, I mean, there I don't, I, I don't want to come out here boasting and bragging, but I did <laughs> yes, say that Eric yes, Spolster was going to start. He, that he was going to start Kevin Love. He did that, and and it, and it worked. He put Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray, but I, I just think that he got an opportunity to go back and watch film, and mm-hmm. those little mess ups that they had in Game One. Messing up, picking, and I talked about it. Bam, he was on point on his switches. Everybody was talking and communicating on back screens. Uh, guys were sinking and feeling like the zone was working perfect. And you expect that, right? This team just came out of a seven-game series with the Boston Celtics. They were going to regroup and bounce back. I saw a harder contest. We saw Kevin Love get down on the baseline yep. in the second half and slide those puppies guarding Michael Porter Jr. And everybody was like, dang, Michael Porter Jr. can't get past Kevin Love. Well, if you go back and look at when RJ them won the finals, Kevin Love was on the island with Steph Curry and he slid those puppies. So <laughs> guys just, he just went harder. And they paid attention to detail. And they're supposed to coach his behind off. It wasn't about the Nuggets and their effort. It was all about the heat and what they did for studying and their discipline on the defense and offensive end is why they won that game. Oh, Park, you mentioned the zone, and Richard, I know you wanted to dive a little bit more into that. I want to dive in it. That's what we're going to do. We're going <laughs> to jump into the zone. Okay, am I going? Am I moving? Am I walking to the wall? Or no? No, we not? Okay, I thought it was a telestration. Okay, we're going to stay at the desk. I was getting up because I was super excited. I wanted to show you all my blue shoes. But anyways, oh, this is what I want to talk about here. Let me sit back down. 
The zone was so impressive. This is my thing. It, look, it's not going to work every time. That's not what's going to happen. But it's a wrinkle. And if you look at it, their points per game goes down when you look at are their efficiency in that zone. And Vincent does a great job of getting into his body. You want to front Jokic there and then have help on the backside because you don't want to catch it. But stop. Count. 1-1,000. Watch Bam. 2-1,000. 3-1,000. Haven't left the paint. 4-1,000. 5-1. It was seven seconds. I'm sorry it went fast. Seven <laughs> seconds that Bam was in the paint. So, yes, if I'm Michael Malone, I'm screaming at three seconds on Bam because Bam is not guarding a single soul in that paint and it's just disrupting their offense. They have the most unique offense because they have a point center that passes the ball to a bunch of shooters. But the minute that that zone gets in there, it just interrupts you for a possession, for two yep. possessions. But you do that over the course of a game in a series, that's ten possessions that are lost, or seven possessions that you don't look good, and that's what kills their offense. So that's the defensive side of things. Let's talk a little bit about the offense of down the Miami Heat. Do we get Please to see the blue right, shoes? Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll do it later. In okay, yes. Later. The <laughs> offensive side. They're, they're a treat. Thank you. <laughs> The, the offensive, offensive side. Offensive side. <laughs> Miami, they did a great job of moving with, with them without the ball. I mean, they did, they said, like Ramona said, they put Jokic in more pick and rolls. But Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, those guys were curling to the basket, making Denver have miscommunication issues to where, you know, they're leaving guys like Gabe Vincent open for a wide-open corner three. He's been shooting unbelievable. You look at Duncan Robinson right here, such a threat, curling to the rim. Two guys, because he's drove to the basket and gotten a few layups, two guys, and he's drawing two guys' oh, attention. that's a mistake. You got Gabe Vincent, who's shooting 80% from three in the, in the playoffs. <laughs> Wide open three because of his aggressiveness on the rim, and he's, Gabe looks back at the camera. Another same, same instance, exact play. Duncan Robinson curls. Now because Gabe hits a three, they don't want to leave Gabe. Duncan Robinson curls. Wide open. I think he gets a flex on this play, too. Jimmy Neutron with the left hand. <laughs> Me, mug, flex, timeout, Denver. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's ever flexed in his life like that. Oh, no, I, I, I like it. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I mean, it's, it's very clear that the, the Miami Heat, they're going to come at you in waves, and whatever the game plan is for them, whatever the coverage is for them, it is going to be something that is incredibly difficult and incredibly important, but it is a challenge. And speaking of challenges, before game two, we got our challenge of our own. The NBA Countdown crew, they issued a challenge to us. So take a listen. Sarah Langs, our former... Uh, ESPN colleague and now an immense television and online presence for MLB Network has inspired a movement in the sports community since announcing her diagnosis with ALS. She's been courageous and relentless in raising awareness and money for ALS research. So I'm sending Sarah's fist bump challenge upstairs to you gentlemen on the set. We'd like to keep the fist pumps going, so we nominate our friend Malika Andrews and the entire Here NBA Today team tomorrow to please pick up uh, and, and take it on from there. Thank you, Greeny, the countdown crew, for the challenge in support of our friend Sarah Langs of Matt Williams and of ALS. We, of course, accept the fist bun challenge, and we also want to issue a challenge to our friends Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, Lisa Salters, and... Our girl, Chenea Gumake. Yeah. Parks. We want to show y'all some love, too, so we want you guys to give us a little fist bump back. Please give us a fist bump, and then also please check out Sarah Langs online. She's doing so much work to make sure that we continue to work to find a cure for this very cruel disease. Coming up on NBA Today, it's the culture that's been heard around the world. How Pat Riley changed the entire outlook of Miami for over 25 years. And then speaking of the finals, 
only 17 days until he hears his name at the NBA draft. But Victor Wembanyama, he is set to play in his league's finals this weekend. This man has a packed schedule. Plus, I mean, Big Red, the Grateful Red, the Chief, Hall of Famer, whatever you want to call him. Bill Walton, he joins the show live. Richard, he's going down memory lane. Oh, here we go. That's coming up next. NBA Today will be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To 6'6", he's got about a five-inch advantage, long arms, 9.30 to go. Walton on the line, oh, he's got it in! Bill Walton got it in! Porzing and throws, what a sequence for the Blazers! The 76ers are one of the best teams I've ever played against, and uh, I'm real happy. (laughs) (laughs) Rip City, all right. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, the Blazers won their only NBA title 46 years ago today, and we have that man that you just saw joining us, Bill Walton. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm taking over for Malika for the rest of this interview. So, Big Bill. Nice of you to join us. Richard, I'm the luckiest guy in the world, and I'm so happy and I'm so proud for and of you. An incredible job. It was 26 years ago when our son, Luke Walton, came home from his recruiting trip to University of Arizona. He said, Dad, I have figured out my life forevermore. The same way it was for me when I was being recruited and I connected with Greg Lee and Jamal Wilkes. And when Luke came home from Tucson that day and said, Dad, I just spent the weekend with Richard Jefferson, and now he's part of our family, Dad. And yes, that is the case. And as we move through life in the circle and cycle of everything that rolls into one, to have this be the 46th anniversary of what happened in 1977 with the Portland Trailblazers and what Steve James has been able to do with his new ESPN 30 for 30, the luckiest guy in the world, which is going to be premiering on ESPN. I wish it had been longer. We've got four hours. I wish it had been more about my teammates, but what a team we had. What a ride it's been. And as we're celebrating the greatness of what the NBA, throw it down, throw it down one time, please. As we celebrate the greatness of what the NBA has become, the dream is now a reality because the incredible, spectacular, phenomenal, fantastic success 
that covers every aspect of today's NBA game. That's what we thought we had all those years ago. But you guys have taken it, what David Stern, now Adam Silver, Mark Tatum, all the guys and the people at ESPN, that partnership, nobody delivers that message like ESPN. But I have to say thank you to Marsha Cook because everything that's great requires leadership, requires talent, requires discipline, and requires the ability to step in and say, I'm going to take care of this. And as everything was coming together here, Marsha Cook did that, now in charge of ESPN Films 30 for 30. And I am excited. I am proud. I'm honored. I'm privileged. And I'm also very hopeful. And to watch this year's NBA playoffs all the way through and the way that Miami has come I kept scratching my head. That's why I'm bald, Richard. I kept scratching my head. What's happened to Miami this year? They got all these players. And then the playoffs started and everybody else everybody else quit when they were playing against Miami. And then Jokic, just this incredibly spectacular player. Jokic, a guy, a timeless player. A player like so many of the great geniuses who are challenged. Challenged by the fact that other people don't understand what it is that they're doing but like i just want i just wanted to ask you one question bill i haven't gotten to my question that was a heck of the intro but we're going to stay on that point we're going to you asked me how i was doing i'm I'm the luckiest guy in the world you're the luckiest guy in the world bill years Lori is still here Lori's amazing i remember i remember richard when my spine had failed this was 15 years, 14, 15 years ago, and I was in really bad shape, and I couldn't, I had nothing. I had lost it all. And you and Luke, you and Luke came to the family home here in San Diego, and you walked me around, and you kind of carried me and pushed me and helped me and lifted me along, and and then we finally got to a place where we could sit down, and we sat by the pool, and it was a foggy day, and then the sun came out when we sat down, and you and Luke were so encouraging. And you were telling me, don't give up, Bill. You can make it. Don't give up. You can make it. Luke was just here this past weekend. He told me. Flew out from Cleveland and he just and we were sitting there in the sun reminiscing by the pool about those great days and the wonderful joy and the happiness, the hope, the optimism that you bring, that you bring to this show, that you bring to everything you've ever done. Your remarkable career, which has spanned so many different teams, so many different ups and downs, championships, great years. And there's Richard playing with the New Jersey Nets, and there's Richard playing with Cleveland. Luke brought me tons of great Cleveland gear. I'm all set. And there's Luke and uh, there's Richard and me at uh, Luke's wedding on top of a mountain in Aspen. And that's uh, Jalen Rose, Mickey Hart. Oh, my gosh, how fantastic. I want to also compliment Jalen Rose because what he's been able to do with his career has been absolutely spectacular. Meteors, you guys, Richard Jefferson, Jalen Rose. Thank you, Bill. Remember the game in San Antonio when you were playing against Illinois and Bill Self was coaching them, and I'm calling the game with with, uh, Dick Enberg. And Dick hadn't seen you really play yet, Richard, so I was trying to explain to him how this guy could fly, fly with the greatest of them, (laughs) Connie Hawkins, David Thompson, Dr. J. And on the very first play of the game, there was a fast break, and the Arizona Wildcats are coming down right to left across your radio dial. We were doing TV, and all of a sudden, (laughs) 
Jason Gardner flips, it might have been Gilbert Arenas, flips a little pass over to you. You come flying through the air and you just throw it down and the game was on. It was absolutely a remarkable force of nature as you are. Speaking yeah. of college, one question, Bill. I figured we'd get one in while we still have 30 seconds left. Uh, 30, seconds 30 seconds left. left. No, no, Bill. Bill, I just got one question. Uh, back in – a lot of people don't know this, but back in 98, you were so generous and you bought me a plane ticket to come and spend time with you and your family at your house. I subsequently was suspended by the NCAA for that extra benefit. So my question to you now with all the NILs, I want to know, how much money do you think you would have made in college and how much less do you think you would have made uh, at your time at UCLA? Well, our time at UCLA was absolutely incredible. We had everything we needed. We lacked for nothing. I was always hungry at UCLA. I'm always hungry to this very day. I was never hungry for very long at UCLA. Kareem and I did a show the other day, and we were talking. We were asked about the NIL, and Kareem, uh, they asked him what he would take and, and it, in the NIL world and business. And Kareem said that he would take Europe. And then he paused and then took a look over at me and said, yeah, Bill, he, he'd get Latin America. And so we're doing fine out here. We're so appreciative for what the Players Association, retired Players Association, the NBA, the collaborative nature of what the NBA is all about. People working together, fierce competition, we see that, yeah. The, the challenge, the drive, the push to win, yeah. But when all is said and done, we take care of each other. Mm -hmm. And what Chris Paul and the Players Association did insurance there and all the different opportunities. And then to see the new guys, to see Richard Jefferson coming in and just beaming. So proud. Thank you, Bill. Thank and you, Bill. Spectacular. Richard Jefferson, one of our children. You're welcome back here anytime, Richard. Thank oh, you. You are welcome back on NBA Today. The draft day. Uh, we will don't not. We got Victor Webinyama coming up. We will not forget the draft. We got a big man coming up. Uh, he, look, Victor Webinyama, he's going to be the of the NBA very, very soon. And look, the NBA draft, he'll be playing at the LBN Pro A-League Finals. Must-see highlights next. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To become Gran Turismo drivers, you'll have to go fast. At top speed, it's critical that your seat and your harness fit you properly. Bad news, you're too big to fit in the car. My one is not too big, car is too small. My one is not too big. Whoa, my one. How's he going to fit in there? Oh, you can bend like that? I'm not too big. Perfect fit. 
You're too big. Gran Turismo, based on a true story. In movie theaters August 11th. Keep watching the NBA Finals on ABC. Webbyama, look. The Heat and the Nuggets aren't the only teams in the finals right now. Projected number one pick Victor Webinyama and the Metropolitans 92 advanced to the LMB finals in France with a win on Sunday. Now look, Webinyama had 15.7 boards, five blocks in game one on Saturday, but the NBA draft is June 22nd. Now look, it is no surprise that Victor Webinyama is at the top ranked center in the upcoming NBA draft, but take a look who they have at number two. Normally we hate talking about Duke people, but Derek Lively is there. Who is the ACC all freshman and all defensive performer last year? This hurts me, to pay, it pains me that we're gonna talk about Duke. I don't wanna do it, so we're gonna let. <laughs> I'll do it. Miss Carter, Miss Cod is gonna take over for us, go ahead. I will absolutely take care of it because Derek Lively is someone that I covered all season long. And let me tell you, we've talked about the heat defense, right? Bam Adebayo and drop coverage and the athleticism and the length. That is what Derek Lively is capable of. So if we go to the film, let's talk Defense. I love defense. We see the difference it's making in the playoffs. Look at Derek Lively here. He's at the elbow. Now he's shadows coming off of the ball screen. I want you to watch his feet. He completely trusts his teammate behind him to hedge. And in one, two, three steps, he is already right back where he needs to be. He's not tripping over his feet like I would in these heels. And then the block shot completely vertical like he's going up in a tube. He barely elevated off of the floor and still affects the basketball on the shot. Saw that all season long. Now, this is in transition. Derek Lively sprinting the floor with Leaky Black. Now, Armando Baycott's gonna hold here. Leaky Black's gonna attack the basket. Doesn't matter because Derek Lively is there to take care of everything. You get beat, don't worry about it. Derek Lively has your back. And I talked about how he didn't elevate last possession. You see what happens when he actually elevates, hits the ball at the highest point. But the biggest piece to his draft stock going higher and higher was this pro day that he had for Clutch Sports. His ability to knock down shots. Listen, Derek Lively was two of 13 from beyond the arc his last season at Duke. I talked to his agent, Josh Harrison of Clutch Sports. He said that Derek is a very team player. He likes to do whatever the team needs for the team to be successful. So he focused on the defensive side, but he is offensive minded. He hit 14 threes in a row at his pro day. The biggest thing that they said at Clutch Sports is it's more about fit than it is about the number that he goes. They want to go to a team that is going to have him grow, where he's going to be a great fit. I definitely believe he is top 15. Some people had him like mid first round, late first round in the draft. Whoever chose that was completely wrong. He's going to go much higher. That was probably me because I always try and downplay Duke's level of involvement in the draft because I don't want to deal with it. But thank you, Miss Carter. But coming up on NBA Today, the Heat culture has been on full display during this improbable finals run. But where did it start? We dive into the origins next on NBA Today. Heat culture. I mean, how many times have you heard that phrase? I know for me, it's too many times to count. And Jimmy Butler told me that in 2023, the definition of heat culture, it is whatever the series, whatever the percentages that are put on them to win or not win, they don't care. There's no excuses. But when did that start? Well, it goes back to 1995. That's when Pat Riley, he spoke about one day hosting a parade down Biscayne Boulevard. And our George Sedano has more. Heat culture was born on September 2nd, 1995. 
it's my distinct uh, pleasure and honor to introduce you to the new president and head coach of the Miami Heat, Pat Riley. Pat. There's this image in my mind about, uh, you know, the, the symbolic parade, this championship parade, and, and I mean, that's the only reason that I, I coach. Riley took over a franchise that was short on history and a town whose sports fans were geared towards football. Miami wasn't a basketball town, but he was determined to change people's perceptions. He did just that. He's an architect when it comes to winning. The Godfather, as he's affectionately known, laid the foundation for what heat culture is. Riley defines it as the hardest working, best conditioned, most professional, unselfish, toughest, nastiest team in the league. And that's the flying at the other end. His early teams were built around a pair of Heat Hall of Famers, Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway. They were highly competitive, but fell short of the goal. And the New York Knicks knock off a number one. That was agonizing for Riley. In 2003, Heat Culture found its new stewards. A pair of forever men in Dwayne Wade via the lottery and Udonis Haslam as an undrafted free agent. Forever men is a phrase Riley coined to describe those players that meant most to his career. Born into the culture, Wade and Haslam are woven into the fabric of all seven Heat Finals teams. Wade is the most important player in franchise history, helping lead Miami to their first title in 2006 with Shaq, while ushering in the Heatles era with LeBron James and Chris Bosh, and assisting in selling current Heat star Jimmy Butler on why Heat culture was the perfect match for him. But Haslam, currently in his 20th and final season, is one of the shining examples of how Miami finds talent in places most can't see. It's why recently, Heat head coach Eric Spolstra was seemingly annoyed at the storyline of Miami's undrafted players. That's so disrespectful. Like, that, that storyline is over. Spo likely took exception to that because he too personifies heat culture. In essence, he was undrafted like many on his roster. He's someone who had to be molded from humble beginnings in the video room, or the dungeon as he likes to call it, to being at the helm in Miami for 15 seasons. For years now, with Riley in the background, the heat had one voice, Spolstrom. Unequivocally, the caretaker of Heat culture is making his sixth finals appearance, tied for fourth most all-time and tied for most by an active head coach. That starts with Eric Spolstra. Some would call that a fairy tale story, from the video room to one of the greatest coaches of all time. People in Miami would tell you that's just another example of Heat culture. Let's take a look at who is ready to go, brought to you by On The Rock. Gabe Vincent led the Heat in game two with 23 points, including hitting four three-pointers, making him the third player in franchise history to hit 53s in a single postseason. It was the eighth game this postseason in which Vincent hit four threes. That is also a record for the Miami Heat. And look, it wasn't just Vincent. After making just a third of their three-pointers in game one, the Heat shot 49% from three in game two. That includes eight for 18 three-point shooting on a contested shot and 15 of, seven, or 15 of 27 off of passes. 
So we are back here with the DraftKings Sportsbook predictions. Let's take a look at a trio of finals prop bets ahead of game three. All right, Perk is two for six. So we brought in somebody else to try and help you guys make a little bit of money. So let's start with Gabe Vincent. Uh, we just went over his prolific three-point shooting. Do you think that he makes three or more threes in the next game? I'm going to go with yes. Uh, he's go, yes, he's, he's going to make three more. I think he's going to get three plus threes in the next game. He's been very well. Uh, poised and confident in himself this whole postseason. I think he continues that streak. I'm going to be really honest. I'm already more confident now that it's not perk picking. But we talk so much about Jokic distributing the ball. Do you think he gets 10 or more assists? Now, mind you, he did. Anytime they, he gets low yes. assist numbers, they're struggling. What do you think? I think he's going to focus on getting his teammates involved early and some in the second half. So I think he does get the 10-plus assists this next game, um, probably 10 even. Uh, but, yeah, I think he'll be a lot better with finding so his teammates. Is it more or less? I'm not – are you going to push? I'm going to say more. I'm going to say more. Okay, we more. got an answer, Adam. All right, how about on the other side of the ball? Jimmy Butler had nine dimes last night. Do you think he gets seven or more assists in the next game on Wednesday? I think less. Okay. I think Jimmy's going to be more aggressive offensively. He's had some very coasting regular season Jimmy games on the road in Denver. I think this game at home in Miami, he's going to be a lot more aggressive. He still will distribute the ball, but I don't think he gets seven assists this, this time. Okay, that's fair. Now, look, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And during the finals, new customers can bet $5 to win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Use code NBA today when you sign up. NBA Today will be right back in 60 seconds. NBA Today is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We'll have Game 3 of the NBA Finals Wednesday at 8.30 Eastern on ABC, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Radio. Coverage tips with NBA Countdown at 8. All right, we're back here at the panel. So we're going to give you guys some final thoughts. So I wanted to ask Miss Cotta, who was so nice to stay with us for the rest of this block, what is it about the heat size? A lot of people have been talking about how big Denver is. Yep. Is there something that Miami can do to kind of counteract that, or what do you think the advantage is there? Well, I think what we saw in game two from Miami is that being smaller is not always a disadvantage, right? When you have, you probably know this on the perimeter, when you have a small guy up under you, it's disruptive, it's frustrating. When they're cutting through the screens, when they're being physical with you as you're trying to come off of ball screens, when Jokic has the ball and someone is up under him, he might still score, but it's going to take five. Five dribbles, six dribbles, seven dribbles because they are turning him. I think Miami's effort on the defensive end, their athleticism, their speed, all of those things counter them being, quote, unquote, the smaller team. No, I agree. And, and look, when he's taking five, six dribbles in the paint to get to his game, that slows down their pace. Yep. That benefits the Miami Heat. What are you seeing, Dan? 100%. Um, you've seen him also make some unlikely turnovers. I think that was due to Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry getting in his legs and making him take those extra dribbles. Uh, but the, the size said it, they out-rebounded uh, Denver in, in game two. So mm -hmm. the size obviously didn't make that much of a difference. But the fact that they're using those small guys to get into him and, and make him also take charges. He had a couple charges that, that hurt them. Mm -hmm. um, that just you know, kind of wearing on his body a lot, and it's also given uh, Miami more of an advantage on that, in that realm of slowing down their pace. Another takeaway is that you got complimented way too much by Bill Walton, so no more compliments oh, what? for you for the rest of the week. Wait, no wait, one is, we're not complimenting. We're not complimenting you for the rest of the week, because that's enough. Except for the shoes. The shoes are cool. You know what? Thank <laughs> you. I Annie. appreciate that. And look, see, we invite Miss Carr.
Carter to stay here because we know she brings high-level basketball analysis here. And then she just throws digs in. Just one. Just one. Just one. That's I had fine. to for Malika. And that, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> we don't want more of had that. Okay, really quickly. Yeah. One takeaway that you guys see for the Denver Nuggets that can improve. Real quick thoughts starting with you, Danny. Obviously, the ball movement and their pace. They have to get up and down the floor. They can't let Miami zone and their full-court press slow them down. So, offensively, they have to score more in doing that with getting more shots for KCP, more shots for Michael Porter Jr., and that's their pace of the game. And obviously, Jokic being the facilitator in that aspect. Yeah, and I think pace isn't always in the full court. You can have pace in the half court as well. I thought there were too many possessions where Denver seemed like they were floating on offense. And then when they had to make a hard cut, it was an air ball or the shot was off, right? Make your cuts hard from start to finish so that if those shots aren't falling early, your cuts are consistent, your effort is consistent, and they can start to fall late. Now, look, the Denver Nuggets, this is the best team that they've played against. Yeah. They played against a, a seven seed, an eight seed, a, 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 four, a four seed. seed. So now I, I understand that Miami is an eight seed, but understand, Miami was in the conference finals last year. There was a lot of fight in this team, and they have proven it to everybody all year long. Danny came in here saying that, look, I don't think they can keep shooting like that. And I'm like, that's what everybody has been saying since the first round. Malika Andrews will be in Miami tomorrow. We will be here. See you guys tomorrow.